there everybody, you're listening to the Ravens Grove, I'm your host Dahi, and today we're going to be continuing our long running fact dump series. So to start things off, um, the first fact is something I'm very passionate about. You see, I'm an avid gamer, by the way I prefer PlayStation consoles, and I also love to listen to various soundtracks, maybe from mainly from movies, TV shows and video games. Now according to Wired Magazine, this is actually a very good idea, because apparently video game soundtracks are the best kind of music to listen to when you're working or studying. This is because that video game soundtracks encourage focusing on the task at hand, and many video game soundtracks are predominantly instrumental, meaning that you won't easily get distracted by the vocals, well, most of the time at least. There's also a psychological boost, as you can associate the different music with the different topics while you're staying or working, and it can make you feel like you're working in the game alongside the protagonist to solve a puzzle or complete a quest. For the record, if you want some good game soundtracks to start off with, I'd recommend the following. Ghost of Tsushima, 2020. Uh, the Halo series, God of War, 2018. The Assassin's Creed series, especially Assassin's Creed 2, Number 4, Black Flag, Rogue, Origins, or Valhalla. The Uncharted series by Noi Dog. Red Dead Redemption 1, L.A. Noir, Skyrim, and eh, that's just the ones I'd recommend to start off with. Now, on to fact number two. Now, many of you may have heard of Marilyn Monroe, the famous actress from the 50s and 60s, but what many of you may not know is that she was instrumental in helping end racial segregation and one of the most popular nightclubs in the US in the post-war era. You see, in the 40s and 50s, the Macambo Club was a place, the place to be in LA. It boasted a clientele of superstars with a level of cultural influence that has rarely been matched since. Now, at the time, the abominable practice of racial segregation was still in effect in California, and Ella Fitzgerald, arguably one of the greatest jazz singers of all time, and a good friend of Marilyn Monroe, was barred for singing at the Macambo Club because she was black. Marilyn found out about this and went to the owner of the Macambo and told him that if he hired Ella Fitzgerald as his headline singer, every night that Ella sung, Marilyn would be in the front row. The, Mar- the owner of the Macambo knew that this was not enough to be taken lightly, as Marilyn was one of the biggest stars in the world at the time, and that her nightly presence at the Macambo would bring in a huge amount of popularity and money. He agreed, and Ella Fitzgerald became a regular singer at the Macambo Club, and true to her word, Marilyn Monroe could be seen every night in the front row up until the day she died. Uh, after uh, Ella Fitzgerald later said of Monroe that, after uh, quoting her here, after that, I never had to play a small jazz club again. She was an unusual woman, a little ahead of her times, and she didn't know it. End quote. Now, fact number three. I'm going to go out on a limb here, folks, and assume that if you're listening to this podcast, you can speak or understand English to some extent, even if it isn't your first language. Now, the funny thing about English speakers worldwide is that the number of people who have English versus the English as a first language versus the number of people who speak it as a second language is pretty crazy. See, according to www.lingoda.com, as of 2021, there are approximately 400 million native English speakers worldwide, which places English third on the list of number of native speakers for languages after Spanish at number two and Mandarin Chinese at number one. However, the total number of English speakers worldwide, including uh, people who speak in a second language, according to www.statistica.com, there's approximately 1,348,000,000 people. This means that there are approximately 948,000,000 people who speak English as a second language, or, to put it another way, 
nearly two and a half times as many second language English speakers as there are native English speakers. So, on to fact number four. According to physicists, the moon is very slowly causing the Earth to slow down in orbiting the sun. It isn't very much each time, only adding up to maybe a few seconds a year, but this adds up. See, according to this discovery, the average length of a day during the Jurassic period was only 23 hours long. Makes you wonder how many the time difference between Jurassic period and now, if humanity is still around, how long the day would be then. Fact number five. Now, one thing that's fairly apparent about if you're a long-time listener of the Raven's Grove is that I'm a pretty major geek. And as such, this next fact is about the Lord of the Rings movie that was never made. See, the story goes, in the 1960s, the UK supergroup, The Beatles, had made a number of movies based on their own songs, and the producer of those films, Dennis O'Dell, thought that The Beatles would be perfectly suited to bring Tolkien's works to the big screen in their final film on their contract with United Artists. Apparently, The Beatles wanted the director Stanley Kubrick to direct it, but the project was shot down by Tolkien. See, Tolkien had a grudge against the Beatles that stemmed from an unknown garage band that practiced very close to his home in Oxford. Tolkien, Tolkien said, and I'm quoting him directly here, In a house three doors away dwells a member of a group of young men who are evidently aiming to turn themselves into a Beatle group. On days when this falls to his turn to have the practice session, the noise is indescribable. End quote. Now, as someone who's been a long-time fan and has read a quite fair bit of Tolkien's works, let me elaborate on how much of an insult this is. Tolkien worked out in extreme detail all the languages, all the thousands of years of history, all the geography, the geology, the cultures, basically every possible facet of life and culture and everything in his Middle Earth. So for him to describe the music as indescribable, just wow, that is a scathing insult. Now fact number six, and this one could potentially save your life. A good way to tell whether a scorpion is deadly to you or not can be determined at a glance. Now, this fact isn't really applicable where I live in Australia, as we've only got three native species of scorpions here, and none of them are deadly to humans. But many of you out there who live in arid or semi-arid areas in other countries, well, this could just save your life. See, the quickest way of, to work out a scorpion's likelihood of being deadly to you is to look at the claws. And the claws are big and chunky, then the scorpion uses them to tear its prey apart, so you're probably okay if it sings you. The venom will still hurt, don't get me wrong, but it'll probably be no worse than a bee sting. However, if the claws are small and weak looking, then start running. And I'll get to why in a second. Small claws mean that the vent scorpion uses its venom to kill its prey, and that means there is a very high likelihood of that venom being deadly to humans. Now, like I said, if you're in Australia, we've only got three native species of scorpions and none of them are deadly to humans. They mainly live under forest leaf litter. But if you're in the US or Central America or in the Middle East or Mediterranean Europe or North Africa, then I would advise being extremely cautious. Finally, fact number seven. Vikings are pretty popular these days, but one thing that a lot of people don't know about them is that they didn't have two sores like we did today. Now that means that every single piece of Viking era woodworking and woodcarving, from shields to spears to roofs to roof beams to ships' figureheads, is cut with the natural grain of the wood. For a really good idea of how much this means, do yourself a favor and look up the Osseberg ship, spelled O-S-E-B-E-R-G, on Google, uh, specifically Google Images. All that carving, all that incredible detail 
was done going with the natural grain of the wood. And the really incredible thing, that carving was done by a single artist. I've been fascinated with the culture of the Vikings and the Celts since I was nine years old, and the carvings on the Osterberg ship still take my breath away to this day. Anyway, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for listening to The Graven's Grove. I've been Dahi, you've been awesome, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. See ya.